This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own Now time. you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to another episode of Get Started Investing, a podcast where we attempt to answer the most common money and investing questions from the community to help us all become better investors. Now, if you're joining us for the very first time, a massive welcome. Congratulations for starting the journey of investing. We strongly recommend that you do scroll up and start at episode one. Now, while we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal circumstances. All information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only. But with that said, I'm excited for this one. Let's crack on. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. You stole my line. I often I just say that I'm excited you. for an episode. <laughs> I too am excited. And the reason that I'm excited is because a really common phrase that we hear in the uh, in our Facebook discussion group and just across uh, the Equity Mates community is ETF overlap. And I think a lot of people that are new to investing won't be familiar with that term. And I think people that are more into investing, and I, I include myself in this, don't quite have their heads around uh, how to measure ETF overlap, when it's a problem, how we should think about it with our own portfolios. Yeah, as I said, it's actually a question that we get heaps from our community, and we did get one this week that I want to play now. Hey, equity mates. So I got pretty excited when I first started investing, and I bought quite a few indexes, but I didn't check if there was overlap underneath. So now I'm kind of thinking I should probably do some due diligence, maybe backtrack a bit and check for overlap before I go any further. But I don't really know where to start. So what do you suggest? And so luckily, Bryce, we're not going to figure that out. We've got a third host, an expert in here to help us get our heads around it. It is our pleasure to welcome back from Global X ETFs, Blair Hannon, Head of Investment Strategy. Blair, welcome. Thank you. My, uh, I'm not scripted, so I can't, you can't steal your line, so that's good. <laughs> uh, great to be back, boys. Yeah, so look, this is uh, part seven of our Under the Hood series with Global X ETFs. We've covered what's in a name. We've covered looking at uh, if there's ever enough to go into an ETF, index tracking, checking holdings, using ETFs to build global portfolios. Ren, we've covered so much. And uh, there's still so much to come and uh, we're really building a toolkit of skills when it comes to uh, analysing ETFs. And, and as you said, today's episode is a monster because it's a question that often pops up. Should I even care about overlap? What is it? How do I measure it? We're going to unpack it all today. Today is thanks to uh, GlobalX who really pride themselves on their industry-leading research team. As you would have heard throughout this series, we've had so many awesome experts joining us, sharing their uh, their industry knowledge when it comes to, to ETFs. So thank you to, to GlobalX for supporting this episode. Now, we're going under the hood today with uh, the GlobalX Copper Miners ETF. 
ticker is WIRE and the Global X Green Metal Miners ETF and, ha- and having a, the ticker for that is GMTL and, and Ren having a look at uh, whether or not there's overlap there. But let's start at the top, which is what on earth is overlap? It's a bit of a new idea because it's come, it's come from, essentially come from ETFs in, its, in, in a way because what are you getting when you buy an ETF? You're getting a basket of stocks. So if you're buying a bunch of stocks, you know, let's think we were 20 years ago, probably, probably just before that, when most portfolios were built of just stocks, it was pretty clean, it was pretty easy. You knew if you bought BHP and you bought Rio, you're going to have a level of overlap in terms of iron ore. You're going to be exposed. These days, what you're getting, if you're buying uh, two ETFs, you know, I just love the name of this uh, show, guys, but you need to go under the hood to find <laughs> out if you've got any overlap. And what is overlap again? It's just when you've basically got same companies, two, you know, in, in possibly two different ETFs. So you're essentially doubling up in terms of what your exposure is. And what this comes down to is most of the time it's inadvertent. It's not something you really probably planned to do, but it is going to then change two things. It's going to change your return profile and it's going to change your risk profile because, you know, that's, you know, the core of portfolio construction, the core of your strategy, the core of everything you do about investing. You need to know what those things are, you know, take a good look at yourself, what type of risk you want to take on, what type of return you want to try to get. But if you start to then have a bunch of different overlap in your portfolio of stocks that you don't think you'd have, well, then what your, expect, what do, what your outcomes are aren't going to meet your expectations. So I think the classic example of ATF overlap really emerges out of America, which is the NASDAQ 100 ETF tracks the biggest 100 stocks on the NASDAQ and then the S&P 500 tracks the 500 biggest listed companies in America. Yep. But the, the top of those ETFs are exactly the same companies, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta. And then if you buy an all-world index as well, you think you're diversified with three ETFs, but you've got exactly the same companies sitting at the top of the, that ETF as well. Bang on. It's bang on. Does overlap just apply to company level? If someone was to say, I'm going to go out and find, I'm really interested in, uh, in batteries and lithium, which we spoke about in episode two, and, and then they get a number of ETFs that have different holdings but follow the same thematic, would you say that there's overlap there? Like, is there, Or is that just too much concentration no, no, and it exposure? Is. It is, and it's, it's, that's what it is. It's concentration of portfolio. You could say the same thing. If you own the S&P 500, for example, I don't know how many of your uh, listeners are uh, into bond ETFs, so probably not that many, but if you do, you're probably going to, if you own a, what's called a US investment grade ETF, you're probably going to get a bunch of those same companies, mm. different parts of the, of the uh, of how they, you know, in, you know, one's debt, one's equity, but you're going to have overlap. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, I think that, that's not a really big deal. Um, I think to your point on the thematic side, yeah, so if you go and buy a lithium battery tech ETF, as we talked about in episode two, and then go and buy um, electric vehicles ETF, well, it's a no-brainer. You're going to have overlap. You would think that. But again, it's going to come likely from the companies that you're looking at um, under the hood of these ETFs because as every company has, they have you know, idiosyncratic risk. So stock-specific risk is coming in that. ETFs help you diversify that out. But if you're then doing a bunch of overlap, well, then you're actually, you know, going back in mm. and becoming more granular, which is not what you're trying to do. Yeah. So like with the uh, example you gave around bonds and stocks, if the biggest holding is Apple equity and then in the bond ETF, the biggest holding is Apple debt, 
and Apple goes bankrupt and can't pay any of its bondholders or its shareholders back, you're exposed to the same source of risk. And es- yeah. Essentially, because we're not going to go into the depths of um, the credit structure of the no, other, no, other no. business, but... <laughs> To, to exact point, you know, you're at risk of that particular business defaulting mm. and it's just being – and this is the point, right? It's being aware and understanding that risk. For some reason you might want to do that. Yeah. Might, there might be a, a valid reason of that but I think you look at the NASDAQ versus the S&P 500 and that's a good example. They have, they have very different return profiles over the long term because, yes, you do get that overlap at the top but maybe you're comfortable with that knowing that, being no financials, for example, in the NASDAQ, that you're going to get an upsize on, on tech and mm. you're not going to get in the broader industrial financial S&P. Mm. So, so I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. It's just knowing what you're in for. I would even go a step further and say like overlap isn't a dirty word. It's often a good thing. It's like if I truly believe in a theme and I want more concentrated exposure and I do that knowingly, great. Like that's a it's a really useful way to use to have a thematic ETF complement uh, index ETF. And the classic example of the last decade is if I want more exposure to a tech theme, I could maybe have my S&P 500 in my core portfolio, which has some tech names, but then I double down on like a FANG plus. plus 10 concentrated tech names to give me more tech because I want it. That's just the, yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? And this is about portfolio construction, core satellite, you know, this is pretty basic, obviously, stuff in general, but this is where overlap happens. Mm. You've got these cores, you've got ASX 200, for example, you've got SP 500, and then you want to build around the edges because they're the things you believe in. Well, then, hey, uh, what's going to happen is is you're going to have overlap, but to your point, it might be intentional overlap. And you know that it always comes back to what are your expectations around what you've got and then what are the outcomes that you actually get? Mm. As long as they align then you're okay. It's where it's inadvertent and you don't know that that's where you get caught. Mm. So Blair, it's it's without downloading Excel spreadsheets and, and comparing, it is a bit difficult. You know, you can probably just compare top 10 holdings is, is probably the easiest yeah. way you can do it. Um, yeah, just, just how do we measure it? What should we be looking for? Look, if any of your listeners out there are tech focus you know this is this is a great it'd be a great tool to, to be able to de- mm. you know have a have the ability to basically download every etf in, in australia for example and then load them back up and then you build a matrix now we're lucky that we that's pretty, it's reasonably easy for us so for, for the, a lot of the um and by by all means reach out to us let us know we've okay. got a matrix that tells you be careful what you wish for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the influx of that. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm all for that um part of our job is to you know just be a service provider we want to help um, but we've got a matrix to say, hey, if you're going to buy this ETF, especially in the thematic space mostly, and then what's the, what is the potential overlap or what's the, you know, that you would get for another ETF. Um, and what was your email? At <laughs> <laughs> uh, <and> equity <laughs> <laughs> uh, So that, that, that's a good little resource you could use. And the, the problem is, I think, for a lot of self-directed investors, retail investors, the tools that you're going to want to be able to grab a hold of are just probably unattainable from a cost perspective. You, you're not going to want to go and get a Bloomberg terminal. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Mm. Morningstar may be a little bit more attainable. They do have some good tools in there that you might be able to use. Um, I know the advisor-based one has like a thing called X-Ray, which is good. There's, you can go a lot deeper. But, you know, there's no real easy tool. So I think to your point, and it's, again, it's harder with thematics because a lot of them might be equal weight. Again, these rules are nuanced around how they, how they work. So you can't just look at the top 10, but... A lot of the time, 
when you talk about thematics, the, the general themes going to tell you a fair bit. Yeah. Like it's going to tell you a yeah. big chunk of what you're looking for. It's probably the broader base ETFs where if you and go and buy an Aussie large cap ETF and then go and buy an ASX 200 ETF, like yeah. you must know Look that you're going to be doubling up yeah. on, yeah. The top, on, the, on the large cap. So, again, it's just being aware yeah. um, of what, what the places that parts of, of the portfolio is going to sit in. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get practical because we've pulled two ETFs uh, from the Global X range that sound similar or sound like they have overlap. So Global X Copper Miners ETF and then Global X Green Metal Miners ETF. Both mining... And then copper is critical for the renewable energy transition. Ironically enough, copper actually turns green over time as it <laughs> oxidizes. So it is literally a green metal. <laughs> so I guess the question is, surely there's some overlap here. Well, like, is there some overlap here? Yes. Yes. Well, the green metals, <clears throat> this is part of a broader um, decarbonisation kind of structure that we have here that we you know we've brought a bunch of different ETFs out that follow that theme in general what we sort of got a lot of feedback on for investors is like ESG is great it serves a lot of people for you know certain things but it's very subjective mm. in terms of what comes out you know so talk about negative screen what comes out so this is a way to invest on this decarbonization program but do it in a more thematic way um, the unfortunate thing is most ESG take out mining it's inevitable, right? Like we, if we mm. want to move, build the infrastructure, we're going to move towards this future. There's, there's no other way around this. This yep. is just going to have to happen in terms of bringing this stuff out. So to answer your actual question, uh, the, the actual holdings in a green metal ETF are going to, is going to include copper. It's going to include lithium, nickel, zinc, things like cobalt, manganese. So all these sort of materials that are vital for either battery technology or for renewable infrastructure needs. So yes, copper is part of that. And... This is where, again, looking under the hood helps because what you can do is you can have a look and go, well, what are the, what are the copper miners that are going to be in green metals uh, that encapsulate what we're going to be in copper mining at the same time? I think the difference is what, and this is a bit more a strategy around, more a business strategy around what type of investors do we have in Australia. Uh, what we found is, is the green metals is a solution for those who are like, look, I, I'm happy to get the whole basket. Yeah. I want to get the whole thing. Yeah. And that I, I don't necessarily want to go down and invest in those particular um, areas individually. Copper is just one of those ones where, separately to that, it's very topical right now. We've seen a bunch of M&A in the space, in particular BHP in Australia, buying Oz Minerals. Um, the ability to buy direct copper miners like we used to be able to do 10, 15 years ago is harder. Yeah. It's still available, but it's harder, especially with the really low-cost miners. So where are they? They're global now. Mostly, mostly based out of areas like Canada, a little bit of Australia, but focus into the South America. Again, this is a real easy solution for someone who wants, in particular, that material. So yes, it's all part of decarb decarbonisation, but not as not as. So you either got a broad option or you got a specific, more narrow option. Automatic's going to have that sort of scope. Think about how you want to play it out. It's and and as we said, it's not a bad thing. Like you might have. So you take the broad option, you take green metals, I want to encapsulate everything. But then of all of the, the metals as well, I could go lithium or I could go copper and I want to double down on copper. N not Nothing wrong with actually owning both at all and having that overlap, you knowing that you, want, you, to, you want to double down. Yeah, and but again, it's just understanding what your expectations are out of doing that, yeah. understanding what overlap looks like and then making sure that how that fits in your total portfolio. Yeah. As long as you're again, aware of that, 
you're good to go. Yeah, I, I guess I was actually surprised that there wasn't more overlap. So I've just had a look at the top five holdings in the copper ETF and only two of them are in the green metals ETF. This is where it's going to be a little bit interesting around and again, we're going a little bit deep on the nuance of thematic ETFs and the index methodology. So I'm sure there's a bunch of readers out there who like to look at index methodology documents. All the time. They are written by for people to not read. It's, ridi- <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> people who write these things. Like it takes time to figure out what you're actually getting. There's going to be different rules. So like most of these ETFs are rules-based. So whether that's – so the Green Miners, for example, is going to cap the amount of companies for certain metals that say 10, mm. for example – it's going to cap the amount of weighting each company. So again, there's going to be rules. And the same thing is said for for um, for copper. You're going to be capped, and there's there's got to be levels of revenue purity out of copper. So in the case of what we're seeing right now, as an example, BHP doesn't have OZL in their portfolio, in, you know, integrated in yet, but it will. Is has about 25 percent copper as an as an example. Rio has. Circa 15, they've actually just done a bit of work up in Mongolia buying a um, their major partner in Turquoise Hill out of Canada. That likely go up, but they're not in the they're not in the ETF. So there again, there's just it's just the nuance of how these ETFs work. For some people, that's great. They're like, I want to go deep. Mm. Other people are like, you know what? It doesn't matter because what I'm buying is copper. Instead of buying a, a, a one company on Australian on the Australian market, I'm buying the broader theme. Yep. I want to get the outcome of that. So yes, you're gonna. I think going back to your point there. Look under the hood, finding overlap, understanding where some com- where some companies are going to mix and, and move. In the case of materials, because we have diversified miners, some are going to have be revenue pure, some of them yeah, aren't. Yeah. Knowing what that is, there's a little bit of work to this mm. stuff. It's not just buy and hope, but which is fine if you want to do that as well. Mm. But but yeah, if you want to go deep, like you can really go deep. Yeah. yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I did a big exercise, and I don't know if you did as well, Ren, but before we just go under the hood of the green metal miners, uh, a big exercise towards the end of last year on overlap in my portfolio. Yeah, yeah consolidated. I found that I had a perfectly balanced portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you're laughing at that. <laughs> no, I, I got rid of some. I had Obviously, the US like skews a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and so if you, yeah, I, I just consolidated a fair chunk of... Yeah, what you just don't want to get. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what your portfolio looks like, but you don't want to be like, turns out I've got 30% Apple, you know? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 40% Microsoft or the top three. Like that's what, that's what yeah. you don't want. Mm. And some, this is, again, this is the problem. And I'm, I'm guilty of this. I've I said, I used to be in my olden days, a financial advisor. What happens when you're building portfolios is you just inherently add things in. Yeah. Are you, you corporate of this? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> way too many lines in my brokerage <laughs> yeah. account. Yeah. yeah. So, you so what happens is, and just it does some that's going out of hand. So you're like, oh, now I've got 15 lines of, of, of holdings and they're ETF. So you're, you, your underline might be 30,000 stocks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's the problem is we are built to like go, oh, copper's great right now and I buy some copper, but then you don't actually look and go, how much exposure do I actually have to copper already? Yeah, yeah. So that's where the work needs to be done. Yeah. 
I'm such a sucker for this and because we get to sit in a studio and speak to experts like yourself and hear about all these uh, know, amazing themes or interesting <laughs> companies, it really just adds up. Ren's, just like, Ren's actively trading right now. Yeah, it's a good point you just raised there. Um, it's I've never actually gone how much of do I own of this already when I really think about buying ETFs. I just... I just I love this thing. I'm going to buy, but I, I never actually do a lot of the due diligence on. All right, I already own this suite of ETFs. So I, sh- I should have a look under there. And, well, that and feels understand. like a perfect segue to say, how would you do that? And you would do that by going under the hood of Absolutely. the Absolutely. So we're going under the hood. We won't go both. We'll just go the green metal miners. Uh, the purpose of which is to provide exposure to global companies which produce as Blair's already said, critical metals for clean energy, infrastructure and technologies and uh, including lithium, copper, nickel, cobalt, all the uh, the materials that we've been speaking about a lot on the show of recent times. Yeah, now the index it tracks is the BITA Global Green Energy Metals Index. Now, I've never heard of BITA before, but if we think back to one of our earlier episodes where we spoke about um, how these indexes are actually made, I assume that BITA or BITA is a index provider. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So the, you know, the, you know, you've heard of the ones you already know about S and P. Yeah. Selective has come up a Solactive, few times. They're, yeah. they're really big in um, thematic space. Mm. Uh, look, BITA newer, uh, and we're working with them closely on this one. And this goes back to that point that we made in episode two, if I recall, where you can buy ones off the shelf. We can work with work with an index mm. provider. This is one we work with them to make sure we got what we thought was right for Australian investors. Yeah. So I think that's, that's always a powerful thing if we can help with that. To make it clear though, they run the index. We don't then have any say in what goes yeah, in, what, yeah, how it yeah. works. We're not talking about particular stocks per se. Mm. It's the rules around the yeah. index that you can sort of say, hey, this might fit better mm. yeah, uh, yeah. for the Australian audience. Yeah, and then I assume they then go and try and get a, an American index uh, ETF provider and a Dutch ETF yeah, provider that's it. to and, and it's on the shelf yeah, and yeah, they yeah. can sell it to whoever else they like, you know, hopefully not in Australia, but um, <laughs> in some other, in other jurisdictions, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the fees for this one are 0.69%, 69 basis points. Uh, but the, when we look at the performance, uh, this is a pretty new ETF. It yeah. only launched, what, late last year, early yep. this year? Super yeah, fresh. so late last year, so late 2022. Um, go back to that point, we, we wanted to launch a bunch of different ways to play decarbonisation, this is just a way. Um, this is the broad way. If you want to be more specific, again, copper. We've got uranium. Mm. We've we've got a bit of a nuanced one in carbon credit. So there's like a diff- bunch of you different ways you can do it. Hydrogen, hydrogen which hydrogen was a big one. Uh, yeah, ACDC yeah. obviously as yeah. well around. So Ren's buying. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's got you know, five. Yeah, uh, but again, it's we, it's about choice for this idea, this sort of general idea around this thematic and, and decarbonisation. This is one of them um, mm. that might suit depending on, mm. you know, what type of investor you are. Now, when we look under the hood, we like to look at the top holdings. And if we look geographically, uh, I think, Bryce, you said this isn't America-centric. Or maybe, Blair, you said it. Someone said something mm. about America. It still is third biggest in the ETF. So it still gets on the podium. Second place, you love to see it, Australia. Yeah. We always love to dig stuff out of the ground, so we shouldn't be surprised. But... China, 40% or just shy of 40% of the ETF is Chinese companies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're massive in essential minerals and mm, lith- lithium, rare earths. Yeah, lithium, yeah. certainly. I think the interesting part about China is it's obviously some people don't necessarily like to invest in China. Again, your call. I'm not judging or saying anything right or wrong. Uh, but they are, they've 
they have gone a long way. They're basically, if not the world lead, I'd say very close to it in clean technology. Yeah. It's um, and that's not. A, I don't think that's a secret. So they're they're down the path. They're you know really good at battery manufacturing by far the world leader. Again, rare earths manufacturing mm. um, and production. That's where they that's where they play this. So yeah, like, Dom- dominate markets like for uh, not not so much wind turbines. That's Europe's still strong there. But solar panels yeah. like they're so strong. Yeah, uh, electric vehicles. BYD has just come out of well not out of nowhere, but you know they've oh, overtaken huge. Tesla huge. and yeah. Anyway, this isn't about China, but yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit because, again, like the geographies here is, is important mm. and it's, it's one of those ones where the breakdown, if you look at it, yeah, China's going to play a large role yeah. in the outcome. Yeah, and good luck trying to go to mainland Chinese uh, stock exchanges and buy those stocks directly as an Australian investor. Oh, it's, so, just, it's not yeah. possible. Most of these are running through Hong Kong because yeah. it's the, like A-shares are very difficult for... Uh, foreign investors. Mm. I think most mm. people do know that or if they haven't, if they don't know it and they've tried, they'll learn that they can't do it yeah. very quickly. So let's get to the top holdings. Uh, Bryce, Albimal Corp. Heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard of it. I, I, I imagine it's a green metal miner. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of the second one, South 32, which was a spin-off of BHP many years ago. Yeah. Uh, yes. But uh, Blair, the, the top holding, Album Marl. Yeah, so that's a, that's a lithium miner yeah. okay. uh, out of the US. Um, and I'd say your listeners do know about it now because they've just lobbed a bid and got denied by a line town here in Australia. Oh, that's oh, them. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're one of, if not one of the biggest. In yeah, the world. right. Mm. Okay. Most names I'm not familiar with here. Um, Eve Energy, uh, a few Chinese yeah, names. Yeah, so Gang Fang, uh, Gang Fang is, is, again, we're going down the list here just for those who aren't, who aren't following on online. But, um, again, lithium, first quantum's copper. Uh, Bolton will be things like uh, aluminium. Um, Sumitomo is a broad-based one, but they do um, they do a bunch of different diversified metals. There's even some like uh, like copper recyclers in here. So mm. it's again, it's the whole mentality around green metals. Is Norsk Hydro is that green aluminium? Is that have yep. I got that right? Yep, yeah, I believe it is. That's an interesting company. Um, so there's there's, there's some obviously more Nordic-based ones mm. who are very much in that path. Mm. It's interesting because. You know, talk about lithium and and EVs. And the Nordics are by far ahead of everyone else. They've yeah. got a huge amount of hydro. Their green energy is massive, so their flow through is great, and the incentives there are really powerful. So you can look at them as a bit of a case test case for the rest yeah. of the world. And uh, all of the holdings for all of these ETFs are on the ETF issuers website. In this case, it's globalxetfs.com.au. Um, but yeah, with ETFs, you can really look under the hood and especially when there's a lot of companies that we can then go and do further research on. It's important to do that. Yeah, well, I love this. Top 10, only heard of one, but obviously you're getting great exposure to some of the the big miners in the space. Um, So, yeah. That's the power, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that you only know one, for me, is better. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know we talked about it in a previous episode around the owning Fang, and I suspect you you know all of those and what they do reasonably intimately. So the fact, the fact that you don't know any of them or you know one and it happens to be South 32, um, only probably because it came out of PHP, I'm not judging you for your mining history and knowledge. Test but, me, test uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point is that you're getting access to companies that might really be at the forefront of these these types of industries. 100%. just aren't in front of your face. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it just comes down to circle of competence as well. Like it's not within my competence to go and 
analyze a bunch of mining companies in all of these different areas and make a decision on what I reckon would be the top 10. But I understand the global thematic of green mining and the importance of the materials that these companies are doing. So this is just the best way to get access yeah, to that I, and not I, have to I worry. Did, I didn't know either. You know, I, I remember when we got this particular one, I, I went through every single one and, you know, looked at the reports and the investor presentations. There's some really interesting stuff going on out there you're probably not aware of. Um, and again, if you want to go and do that and and figure it out, that, 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 that's the slither that you probably, that you start with. Then you have to go look financials if you want to do your own research. Or the other alternative is ETFs obviously solve a part of that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone uh, asked in our Facebook group ages ago, like, does anyone use ETF holdings to go and then do individual stock research? It's like, go for it, but... Jeez, there's a lot out there and good luck then going to buy, you know, some yeah. of these Chinese miners Zhang, and stuff Zhang, like that. Wuha or but it is, it is like the index provider has done a lot of the work to like yeah. narrow your investment universe if you're interested in green metals. How many holdings in this ATF? Uh, I think there's 40 in this one. I should probably well, check that. Um, they, like they've d- refined the world to 40 names for you to go and research. So Exactly. Yeah. And this also comes back to the rules where the rules will have, you know, if you go to the we'll – go back to the copper ATF, I think it has – minimum 20, maximum 40 as an example. And then that, that'll give you the scope. So, you know, you might get a couple of explorers in there, but you know they're not going to be a huge part of it because you're not going to have 100 names of these mm. tiny minnows that are going to be part of it and there's usually liquidity requirements. But, you know, it always goes back to that point. You know, understand what you're getting into. Go under the hood of these these ETFs because it will it will help you understand what you're actually getting into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then help you say, I bought this green metals ETF. Hey, I'm sure that we're way down the path of decarbonisation. Why am I not making money? You'll understand what the companies are yeah. doing and what's, ha- what's mm. actually impacting you. Well, guys, we set out to uh, unpack the concept of overlap. Uh, I think we established that it's not all bad news. It's, it's not a bad thing. You just need to be aware of it. If you are doing it, do it for a strategic reason. And if you are looking to understand how your portfolio overlaps, then the easiest way is to go to the, the provider's website and look at the top 10 holdings. If you want to go deeper, you can download the uh, Excels with all holdings and start running some uh, some scripts. So Blair, thank you so much. And thank you to GlobalX ETFs, a leading player in the ETF industry. Make sure to go to, go to globalxetfs.com.au to find information on all of the products we've spoken about, plus plenty of the white papers and uh, investing in information. Blair, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you Always. so much. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.